Is the slow grind of progress better than grand schemes we see postulated now? A new article says yes. They advocate for starting at the end goal and working towards what is needed most. I'll be covering this and seven other articles that I came across this month in this episode, so stay tuned. Welcome to Plants Dig Soil, a podcast about realistic regen ag. I'm your host, Scott Gillespie, and I'm an agronomist from the Western Canadian Prairies specializing in climate-smart agriculture. I discuss scientifically proven practices that benefit the planet and, just as importantly, farmers' economic sustainability. Be sure to visit my website, www.plantstigsoil.com, for resources and information about the services that I offer. The first article I have for you is about transformational agronomy, written by a longtime source for many of my agronomy insights. Dr. Andrew McGuire from Washington State University's Center for Sustainable Agriculture and Natural Resources. His article is a review of the much more in-depth journal article, which I intend to read, but I want to highlight this because it seems to put into words what I've been thinking about for a while. The opening paragraph states, In a realistic scenario, where not everyone gives up eating meat, where some in the developing world eat more like us, and where food waste is not zero, feeding 9 plus billion people will require a lot more food. Ideally, this additional production would come from existing cropland with better input efficiency, fewer off-room effects. How are we going to do this, both in the currently high-yield agriculture and where significant yield gaps exist? This is the topic of an important book chapter from Hunt, Kierkegaard, Celestina, and Porker from 2019. So you can see it's not a new article or anything new. And the article is called Transformational Agronomy, Restoring the Role of Agronomy in Modern Agricultural Research. Now, I think that we've got caught up in regenerative agriculture. I believe we're at or about to reach peak hype. 2024 might be the year that the bubble deflates just a little bit. I have been advocating for realistic regen ag and even started using the hashtag on social media for it. Regenerative agriculture celebrity farmers talk about grand schemes. What I believe will make the change are the grind schemes. As Andrew says in the article, low profile, incremental, magnificently mundane tasks achieved by many interacting parts. Please check it out. It's worth the read. And I'm sure the journal article will be as well when I have the chance to read it. Now let's on, move on to a, the next article that relates to this fully. It's called Farmers Call a Fuzzy Sustainability Definition a Barrier to Emissions Progress from the Western Producer. Farmers know there could be better ways of doing things, but oftentimes the programs don't accomplish what they want. Sure, it's great to have lower emissions or build carbon in the soil. But what do you do? if it doesn't fit the criteria and there's no price premiums. How can you justify doing it? A podcast I listened to a while back had work that showed that change happens when there are government extension programs, private industry to support farmers, and willing farmers to try things. What we're missing in Canada is the government support. Right now, they just want to reach climate goals. If they worked with industry and farmers to find out what we all want, maybe we could do a better job in reaching everyone's goals. So it's a great read, and I encourage you to check it out. Now for a few quick hitters. First up, 
an article by a potato grower in my area that's focusing on a healthy potato field with fundamental agronomy. It's in Spudspart and it's written by the farmer, Rob Van Russel. And the title is Keeping Spuds Healthy with a Wide Rotation. He's working on a long crop rotations to help or slow or stop diseases from ever getting a foothold. This is what the grind looks like instead of the grand, slow incremental progress to reach a goal. Next, an article on grasslands called Grasslands Seen as the Answer from the Western Producer. A scientist from Agriculture Canada says that our greatest source of increased carbon emissions in the past 30 years has been from grassland conversion to cropland. Had those areas been protected, we'd have a lot less work to do now to get the carbon back or find places where it can go. And there's more and more recognition of natural spaces. Hopefully we can slow or stop the changeover. Related to this is an article about the value of fence lines called Good Fences Make for Good Habitat from Rural Roots Canada. Leaving small areas as buffers between roads and fields helps to absorb excess nutrients or pesticides. And if those runoffs aren't too strong, they can support pollinators and beneficials needed for your land. Next, I'd like to highlight an article about mycorrhizal fungi called With a Little Help from Our Friends on Top Crop Manager. The researchers highlight all the great benefits from having these fungi working with the crops, but they caution that just because they're good, it's not universal. Their trials on a commercial inoculant found less yield when it was used. So be cautious about what you try and always leave check strips. And finally, in the quick hitter section, I want to highlight carbon measurement article called Can Remote Sensors Measure Soil Carbon? from the American Society of Agronomy. I believe the carbon market is deflating, but there'll always be companies saying they have a way to measure it. The short answer is no. It's not possible with anything that doesn't take a soil sample and measure it. Remote sensing can only see the surface and it needs extensive calibration and we're not there yet. And I want to finish this episode with a very short article, but one of great significance. It was posted to the Organic Alberta website and it's titled Law to Boost Soil Health Back on EU Agenda. Farmers have been getting pressured to change practices a lot more in the European Union than here in Canada. I don't expect they will see to it kindly to this proposal. The interesting thing is that a large coalition of companies that include Unilever, Nestle, and Danone think it's not going far enough. Now, while I agree that soil health should be prioritized, I worry that the measurement used won't mean anything on the farm level. When large organizations or governments look to make changes, they look at metrics. These are things that can be easily measured and indicate whether you're going forwards or away from a goal. Now, focusing on metrics is fine, but if you're measuring the right thing, however, if you're not, you could look good on paper, but poor in reality. So we'll have to keep an eye on this and see where it goes. Thanks for listening to this month's Regenerative Agriculture News, and I'll talk to you again next week.